book of 2 Corinthians again this evening, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, uh, same chapter we were in this morning, but uh, tonight we'll look at the first part uh, of this chapter and uh, look forward to seeing what God has for us tonight. I hope to be very practical this evening uh, in the application of the scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, and if you were not in the service this morning, I would encourage you uh, in the next day or two, whenever the message this morning is posted, uh, on the website and through the different uh, platforms we have to uh, go and listen to that message. Some, uh, sh- certainly some helpful, life-changing truths there. And, uh, and the time comes when you, maybe you're not overwhelmed today, but the time comes when you get overwhelmed, go back to that passage of Scripture, go back to that message, and let it help you all over again. Second Corinthians chapter 4, let's read the first uh, seven verses this, this evening. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, not handling the word, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation, manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, shall, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Uh, This evening, I want to draw your attention, first of all, to verse number one. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry... Uh, This morning in the message, I mentioned right out of the gate that uh, we're in the ministry, and I'll I'll reiterate that in just a moment. But I want us to look at verse number one, therefore seeing we have this ministry. I want to preach on those four words tonight, we have this ministry. Uh, I'm going to pray in just a moment, and I'm just going to give us a simple definition of what we know ministry is, Uh, give us a couple of thoughts about this ministry we have, uh, and then let the scripture tonight Uh, show us what kind of ministry this ministry is supposed to be. Now, I believe this will be a help to us this evening. Let's ask the Lord to help us as we consider uh, we have this ministry. Father, thank you again for the day you've given us. Uh, Thank you for the decisions that were made, the help that was given today by your word and by your spirit. I pray that you would once again uh, challenge us this evening. Uh, May you encourage us tonight in your word, and uh, may we uh, strengthen ourselves by what takes place this evening so that we uh, can continue to be a light in this world. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And uh, he is addressing, going to address several things in this book. And certainly this chapter is a a, a chapter packed full of uh, truths about uh, our life and ministry, as we saw some of them this morning. But as we see right out of the gate, therefore seeing we have this ministry, it, is, it was good for Paul to remind them that we have this ministry. I believe he's speaking of himself and Timothy and those that are traveling with him. But he's also speaking to the church. Reminding the church that we have this ministry. Often we'll define ministry. We, we, we use the terminology in our, in our ministry we have for, for years. And uh, we want our children to make ourselves of, themselves available to possibly serve in full-time ministry. Typically what we mean by that is, hey, I, I'm going to make myself available. If God calls me to be a missionary, that's what I'm going to use my life to be. Maybe it's a Christian school teacher. Maybe it's, it's somebody feels the call to pastor and, or, or, or whatever the case may be. But the truth of the matter is uh, that term is not really an accurate term because we're all to be in full-time ministry. 
What we mean by that is somebody earns their living in the ministry. But truthfully, every child of God is in full-time ministry. And if you say, well, I'm not in full-time ministry, that, that's, that's a confession right there of something you need to consider. We're all to be in ministry. Now, our ministry is different. My ministry uh, as the pastor is different from your ministry in some capacity you may serve. But certainly our ministry is the same in the fact that we're supposed to be giving the gospel. We're supposed to be praying for others. We're supposed to be helping, encouraging others any way that we can. When you come to church, you ought to come say, I need to get something from God today. You may not know what it is, but you need something. Why? Because we all do. You ought to come to church and say, I need something for God. You may know what it is. You come expecting God to do a work in your heart. But you ought to come to the house of God saying, what can I do? to help minister to somebody else. Uh, those that sing and uh, participate in our music ministry, there's a reason why uh, you, you come early. There's a reason why you make that commitment. You're ministering to others. Uh, keep the nursery. You're ministering to others. Uh, the ushers, you're ministering to others. Uh, you don't even have to stand up a post, but yet if you just uh, give a, a, a little bit of encouragement, uh, you have a conversation you introduce yourself. You're, you're ministering. You notice whose who's, who's who's shoulders seem a little heavy, and you, and you pray for them extra. Uh, you, you put a smile on your face and say, <clears throat> I'm going to at least uh, extend my hand of, of friendship to them. That's all ministering uh, in, in, just a, in just a few weeks. We're going to have the opportunity to minister to people from all over the country. That's the ministry. Those that are going to be serving the food that week, you're in the ministry. Uh, those that somebody steals your seat, you're in the ministry. Uh, there's sacrifices to be made. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of busy work, uh, uh, cleaning the bathrooms after the services, getting ready for the next day. That is serving in the ministry. We have a ministry. It's, it's, in, it's ministering to, to others. When I say ministry, it's ministering to other people. That's certainly involvement in the Great Commission. As you and I are involved in the Great Com Commission, that's ministry. Why? Because there's the giving of the gospel, and then there's those that have the gospel. It is helping them in their growth. I call it gospel and growth. And you're involved in one or the other, if you're, or both, if you're involved in ministry. Now, it's something very, very important, because I, th I think the average Christian, one, doesn't realize they're in ministry, and two, doesn't realize how important it is for you to be in ministry. This should help us as Paul reminds himself and reminds the church in verse number one. We're going to see these questions answered. But I want to ask first question by way of introduction. Where did we get the, our ministry? Paul says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry. It was received from somewhere. It was received from someone. Where do we get this ministry? I, as your pastor, I didn't give you the ministry. Well, Pastor, what do you mean? You said you prayed about it, and you came to me, and you said it was, a, oh, no, but that's God who gave that ministry. Uh, man didn't give it to you. God gave it to you. Because he commanded all of us to give the gospel. He commanded all of us to uh, be a, a, a help to the household of faith. So we have us answer that question, where do we get it? God. And the second question I want to ask us when it comes to the, the ministry tonight is where did we get it, or when did we get it? Notice what the Bible says, therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy. When did you receive the mercy? At your salvation. It was available. 
It was extended before the foundation of the world. But when did you receive it? The moment you got saved. So we know where we got the ministry, we got it from God. When did we get it? When we got saved. Whether you've been saved for 30 years or 30 minutes, you're in the ministry. Say, Pastor, what about all the Christians who aren't serving the Lord? They, 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 are, they are out of the ministry when they should be in the ministry. There's a lot of Christians who sit in church buildings and they, they're, they, they're, they're faith, they're, they attend and that's good, but they're not in the ministry as they should be. Now, don't compare what somebody else is doing to what God has for you to do. I preached on that this morning. There's some things that, that you and I, because of our circumstances, we're confined to serve in a particular way. There's no, there's no shame in that. Uh, there, there's no embarrassment in that. There, there's no minimizing what God has you doing in the ministry. It's all important. It's all uh, something that, that should be acknowledged. So where did we get it? We get it from God. When do we get it? At salvation. Now, let me give you just four truths tonight considering those words. We have this ministry. Let me first of all say, number one, it should be an honest ministry. Notice what verse 2 says. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. What Paul is saying is saying this, we have this ministry. We received it when we got saved. Let me tell you what it's not going to be. It's not a ministry of dishonesty. It's not, we don't, we don't conduct our ministry in craftiness. We're not deceitful when we handle the word of God. Quite frankly, there are a lot of ministries that exist, and they're not honest ministries. Because they don't handle the Word of God honestly. Well, Pastor, don't you believe there's some people who are sincerely wrong? I do. But they got their truth, truth I use loosely, they got what they call truth from somebody who knows it's not truth. You'll never convince me that these emerging church charlatans or sorcerers, like I like to call them, don't know it's not Bible. They know it's not the Word of God. They know it's not truth. God is not ambiguous in what He says. He's very clear, very direct. Now, I believe as we've read the Word of God, we've, He gives clarity. Oh, I, I thought... God meant this, but he, he sinned right there. So we correct ourselves by the Bible. That always, that happens. That's part of our growth. But those that take error and package it as truth, they're not honest. They're dishonest. Friend, what has to be about the ministry of the Emmanuel Baptist Church, about my ministry, about your ministry, as we minister together to one another and to our city and the world, people need to know that if you come to the Emmanuel Baptist Truth, you will get the truth about the gospel. You'll get the truth about what God says. Now, it's up to you how you take it. It's up to you whether you conform to it. But I'm not going to be dishonest. Uh, sometimes I'm amazed and, 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 and somebody will come to me for counsel and then they, they get upset because I tell them the truth. Or there, there's something uh, that, 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 that needs to be dealt with and I'll say, this is what God has said, and they get upset because I tell them the truth. I'm not going to be dishonest. 
with what God has said. You and I cannot be dishonest. That's why when you give the gospel as a soul winner, you share the gospel with someone. You don't have to water it down so they can take it. Because that's that's being deceitful. You don't have to say, well, God, I'm sure God would, 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 would take, if you, if, you, if, you would, if you would pray this prayer, I'm sure God would accept the fact that you still have your faith in the church. No, 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 that's being dishonest. Uh, that's why, I mean, you don't like it when politicians lie to you, do you? Then why do we tolerate false teachers? That's why I warn you to be careful of whose books you have on your bookshelf. I warn you of what YouTube channel you're watching, what podcast you're listening to, because not everybody's honest with the Word of God. And the Bible is very clear that there are those who will manipulate. And by the way, the devil's craftier than you and I are. And so he, he said, here's our ministry. It's got to be an honest ministry. Parents, when you teach your children the Word of God, you have to be honest with them with the Word of God. This is what the Bible says. Uh, the, they get to be teenagers. They need to be told this is what the Bible says. Yeah, they, well, this world today, they, don't, well, they need to be told. We want to be honest with what the Bible says. I work very, very hard at studying the Scripture so that I can teach it as the way God would have it taught so that you know what God says. It's not important for you to have my opinions, but it's vital for you to have God's. It's not even important for you to have what I think about something God has said. It's important for you to know what God has said. And you and I have to be very careful to be honest with our ministry. As we, if you teach a Sunday school class, you're a representation, you're you're an extension of the pastor. You, You should teach that Sunday school lesson exactly how the pastor gives the Sunday school lesson. If you work on our staff, you don't have to line up every single place I line up. But if you work and represent a position in this church, you should teach that word, the Word of God. You should teach those principles exactly how they are established to give because it, we have to be honest. People have to know what God says. Uh, we have to handle, we can't handle the Word deceitfully. Uh, I think I've said enough about number one. It should be an honest ministry. Number two, it should be an open ministry. Look at verse number three and four. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse number three is a very simple verse to be understood. Does the gospel save, yes or no? Absolutely it does. It's what saved you. Can the gospel save any man? Absolutely. There's only one way the gospel cannot save, if it's hid. That's why Satan works hard to blind man, to blind them, because the gospel, the power of God unto salvation, there's no greater power than that. But if it be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So what must our ministry be? It must be open. What is the Emmanuel Church all about? The gospel. What is my personal ministry about? The gospel. What is your personal ministry about? The gospel. It should all be about the gospel. I like activity. I like fellowship. I think we ought to, if the church is doing something like that, you ought to try and be a part of it. It's good for everybody. But the most important thing is the gospel. 
It, it must be, the gospel must be open. People should know, we've used, we know this is true, there's been, there's been times with these other churches that aren't, aren't honest with the word of God. People ask them, how do I be saved? They say, you have to go down to Emmanuel Baptist Church. They'll tell you. Which is a sad testimony to them. But anytime you want to send somebody here to, for them to be led to Christ, send them. It should be open. We're not trying to entice you with a sleight of hand. That's, the, that's all this nonsense you see today in all these, all these contemporary movements. We want to trick you into being comfortable so that, ta-da, it's church. It feels like where you were on Friday night. It sounds like where you were on Friday night. Ta-da, it's church. That's, a slight, that's being dishonest. It's craftiness. We say, what do we do? We lead with the gospel. We, what, what, how, do we, how, do we, how do we conclude? With the gospel. It's about the gospel. We must, we must have the gospel for salvation. We must grow in the gospel, grow in grace, so that we can then extend the gospel to other people. That's why you have to grow. There's somebody that needs the gospel that you're going to be able to give the gospel to. I'm going to explain one way, in just a moment, how we give the gospel without ever opening our mouth. We give the gospel just by growing, and, and certainly, uh, I'm not saying we don't open our mouth, but it should be an open ministry. Somebody asks you, what do you believe at the Emmanuel Baptist Church? My, my general answer is we believe the Bible. What do we mean by that is we believe in the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in salvation by grace. We believe in the death, burial, the resurrection of Christ. That's what we believe. We, we, we're not ashamed of the gospel. We're not ashamed of that. It has, it has, to, be, it has to be an open ministry. Um, say, you know, well, why are you talking to me? Because I want you to, I want you to hear the gospel. We're, we make evangelistic efforts. We, 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 we try and grow. We try and expand. What are we doing? We're not just trying to add people to the, to the attendance. We're trying to be open with the gospel. And the more open we are with the gospel, the more people get saved. The more people get saved, the more people get baptized. The more people get baptized, the more they'll be added to the church. The more that are added to the church, the more that are going to grow, then they can begin their personal ministry that they received at their time of mercy. And then that can just be continued to continue to continue. That's what we must be about. Number three, we have this ministry. It should be a Christ-centered ministry. In whom, verse 4, the God of this world had blinded the minds of them which believed not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ is the image of God should shine unto them. The cults today, the cult is anything that does not believe in the gospel. There's even cults that have the name Baptist on their sign because they don't believe the gospel. Uh, it's, it's about the gospel. It's the gospel of Christ, not the gospel of the Pope. Not the gospel of some man. It's the gospel of Christ. Look at verse number five. For we preach not ourselves. Man, I even know some Bible believers that you wouldn't know it by their social media. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your service for Jesus' sake. So what do we preach? We're not preaching in ourselves. We're preaching about Christ Jesus the Lord. It should be a Christ-centered ministry. You know, when it's all about you, how is it a Christ-centered ministry? Now, we say it should be a Christ-centered ministry, and automatically and generally, 
The focus goes on the pulpit and the preacher, and I have no problem with that. That's a good place to start. It's not about me. It's about Christ. It's not, it's not about the pastor, the preacher. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. But if it's not about me, it's not about you either. And sometimes there's criticism, well, Pastor, it's not about him, it's about Jesus. Well, yeah, I don't disagree with that. It is about Jesus. But if it ain't about me, it ain't about you either. That's why I should never be offended by something one of you you, you does. Sometimes you have to, okay, okay, process this, breathe. Because it's not about me. Now, sometimes... If it affects the gospel, I can be offended for the gospel's sake and say, We're, this, this, is, this is a line. But if I'm not to be offended, neither should you be. Well, why, why aren't you in church? Well, I got offended. Oh, so it's about you. So how about next service we get a guide, put it together, We'll even put some pictures in there so everybody in the congregation knows the rules of not offending you. See, Pastor, that's a little extreme. Tell, that, that's my point. Because it's not about you, it's not about me, it's about Him. And as we go through this world in our life, it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about Him. It certainly applies to the, 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 the text we had this morning and, and the things that come into our life. And sometimes we might say, why did God allow? It's not about me. Even Paul writes that. If you remember, it's not for your sakes. Even Paul and all of his, his persecutions and the opposition and the, the afflictions that he endured, and I'm paraphrasing, he even said all of this was for the sake of the gospel. God allowed all of these things so the gospel could go forth. You and I need to have that approach in my ministry, in your ministry. Our ministry, as part of his church, should be a Christ-centered ministry. It means your home should be Christ-centered. You shouldn't just, it shouldn't just be the center of, when you get to church, you got to be the center when you get home from church too. And I'm afraid sometimes in a lot of Christian homes, I'm trying to help tonight, I wonder how welcome Christ really is. It should be a Christ-centered home. Our home should be Christ-centered. Our marriages should be Christ-centered. Our rearing of our children should be about Christ. Everything should be about Him. And tonight in areas, if we, we look at this and the Spirit of God says, <clears throat> you know, this is a good room, we, we, we have to reset sometimes. We have to re- it's not about me, it's not about Him. It's about Him. It should be uh, a Christ-centered ministry. Then number four, and finally, it should be a ministry of enlightenment. Now, enlightenment is a word that's used many times in a bad connotation. A mystical connotation. We'll use the Bible to define this tonight. Our ministry should be a ministry of enlightenment. We've already established in verse number four, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not. There are people you can tell from the scripture. They, they will tell you they believe the Bible. You show them from the Bible how they're a sinner and they'll reject it. I thought you believed the Bible. I do. What the Bible says. 
Well, you need Christ for salvation. And they will reject it, and they will, even though you show it to them in black and white, out of a source they say they believe in, they will, they'll reject it. Why? They've been blinded. And they will walk away with more, as much confidence as you and I have in that book. What is, they've, they've been blinded. They have rejected Christ. They've been, he's blinded the minds of them which believe not. Why did he blind them? Verse number 4 continues to explain, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The devil is doing everything he can to blind lost man so that he doesn't see the light of the gospel. That's why he's always going to oppose Christ-centered churches and ministries. He's always going to oppose the gospel. He's blind. He, he, he cannot stop the power of the gospel. Even the gates of hell can't stop the church. So what can he, the only thing he can do is try and shield man from the light of the gospel. But then we see in verse 5, that's why we preach not ourselves. But Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servant for Jesus' sake. Verse 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The light of the gospel shined into your life. And when you accepted Christ as your Savior, the light of the gospel now shines in a dark world. It should be a ministry of enlightenment. You and I were blinded. You and I were in darkness. And the light of Christ pierced that darkness. And when we trusted Christ, we received that mercy. You know, you, you know who could change your dark heart? Only the gospel. You, 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 not, well, I just need to turn over a new leaf. Or if I really believe in myself, then I, can, then, I can, then I can correct my path. Or if I have some experience, no, friend, we are in darkness. It's just the light of Christ that enlightens us. It's the Spirit of God that now lives in us. It's the change that was made in us. And now the light of the gospel shines from us. It's not our light. There's a lot of moral people, but they have no light. Because the light only comes from the gospel. That, that's, why, that's why, you know, that's why the, the, the answer, you know, the answer to our world is not a conservative movement. It's the light of the gospel. I'm not against being a conservative politically. That's better than being a liberal. But that's not going to change this world. It's still dark. We may have lower taxes. The laws may be better. I'm for all of that. I'm not preaching against that. I'm for it. We may have more liberty. We may, I'm for all that. We need it. But we still have a dark world. What we need more than that is the light of the gospel. 
I was tempted to do this tonight, but you would never be the same. This little light of mine. No. <laughs> I'm going to let it shine. You've heard that song? This little light. Say, Pastor, I, you have a ministry. You, you, God's given you uh, the ministry of a pastor, and God's given you the ministry uh, in, in that capacity. And, and if I had, I don't have that, but you have a ministry with a light of the gospel. Everywhere you go, it goes with you. Everywhere, when you go to work, they need to see the light there. In your community, in your neighborhood, they need to see the light there. When you go into places, of public, public places, they need to see the light there. It is that ministry of enlightenment. You and I can have ministry that just shows people that we're saved. The problem we have many times, hide it under a bushel. We hide the light. We don't let it shine. We bring things into our life that hinder the light so that it doesn't shine. But our ministry should be a ministry of enlightenment. He is light. You know, one thing that has I don't even know how to really articulate this. I always come around to make mention of it because I think it's important in the day we live in. You know, you know things that are, they're, they're the thing that's good, but it's also the thing that's bad for you. Does that even make sense? It's like tacos are good, but if you eat too many, they're bad for you. I, I mean, I don't, I, don't know, I don't know a better way to, to describe that. It's, it's good for us to discipline ourselves. It's good for us to establish conservative principles, capitalistic principles. It's good for us to be moral. It's good for us to have standards in our life. It's good for us to have all those things. But it's not the light. You can have those things without the light. I would submit to you that because you have the light, you've got those things and more. Because but it's the light. That people need to see. They, they, you, you may have a voter ID card in your, in your wallet, but people don't see that when you come to them. But they can see there's something different about you. They, what, what is that? You, you, ever, you ever out in public and you notice somebody say, what is it about them that just draws me? Chances are they have the light as well. Ever happened to you? Where, where do you go, church? So, oh, I go to such such. Or where did you get saved? Oh, I got saved at. You can see it. So that's never happened to me. Well, I can't help you with that. <laughs> you can make whatever application you want to make with that. We see the truth of the gospel because of the light in our heart. Others see the light in us, the light of the gospel, which is Jesus enlightens others. Only the light can do that. We have this ministry. It should be an honest ministry. 
Hey, guard yourself doctrinally. There, this, this is why I say sometimes, you, you, it's, I, I remind us from time to time, if you have a pastor, you're looking at him. God bless you. You picked me. I remind you of that. Um, God's given you a pastor. Your pastor's not on the internet. Matter of fact, your pastor doesn't pastor another church. He pastors this church. You say, well, are you, you sound very insecure. I'm not insecure at all when it comes to this. I can only vouch for my own honesty with handling this book. I can only vouch for my, my own intentions and purity of heart when it comes to this book and teaching you this book. I can't vouch for the honesty of any other man. I, I can't vouch for what they, how they're handling and how they're crafting. There's, we need to protect, we need to be mindful of that ministry. It's a, it should be an honest ministry. It should be an open ministry. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all about Him. Pastor, we need to have more fellowship. I've heard that for a while with all of our moves. Now that we're having fellowship, Pastor, Pastor we need to have less fellowship. I like fellowship. We should have fellowship. But if we have to choose, we have to have a ministry that preaches the gospel. By the way, part of our fellowship is having a Christ-centered ministry. Because even in fellowship, we can be about the gospel. We can be about what God has done in our life. It should be a ministry of enlightenment. I'll close with this. Don't forget where and when you got your ministry. We, therefore, seeing we have this ministry. Don't forget where you got it. You got it from God. Don't forget when you got it. When you got saved. All of us are in ministry. All of us have ministry. What's that ministry about? It's about the gospel. It's about him. This week, let's be faithful in our ministry. We'll say, who, who's in this ministry? Who's in our music ministry? Who's in Sunday school ministry? Who's in the nursery ministry? Who's, that, that's all applicable. But we have a personal ministry. And it's not just about a post that we feel, although that is very important. It's about taking the light of the gospel with us everywhere we go. And letting this world see the light of the gospel. I believe there'll be people in heaven because they saw Christ in somebody else. And the light of the gospel, which illuminated us, illuminated them. I believe there'll be people, there'll, there'll, be, there'll be Christians who got right with God because they saw the light of the gospel in somebody else. And they said, you know, that really should be my testimony. My light should be shining like that. Hey, that little kid's song, This Little Light of Mine. Can, 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 can that be your testimony? I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel? No. If the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on an attack, he can sit on a bomb, whatever. 
But we ought to let. So you, didn't, you, didn't, you didn't know how deep doctrinally this was going to be tonight. Let's let the light of the gospel shine in our life. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be a witness to others. We